Well, welcome everyone to another Celebrating Life teleservice sponsored by Celebrating Life, yours truly in our community, spiritual community. And this evening, we're going to have a very special teacher, Reverend Susan Chamberlain. So welcome, Susan. Hi, Padre Paul. How are you today? I'm good. It's a delightful day. Very spring-like today. So really enjoyed my day, but also now the evening as the sun begins to set. We're really going to enjoy, I think, a a marvelous teleclass tonight. We're going to talk about divine truth through the saints. And Susan, if you've never heard Susan before, she has a vast banquet of (laughs) knowledge when it comes to saints. I think that's one of your go-tos in a sense of who you are and really identifying what heaven is all about through the eyes of the saints. And so we get to hear you tonight, which I'm looking forward to. Saints are a daily part of our lives, whether we know that or not. It really is. Yes, yes. And would you help us, Susan, to, again, be focused? Would you allow a beautiful prayer to come through as we start this evening? I'm going to open a prayer about the Blessed Mother. Absolutely. Spoken from the heart as we bow our heads down in grace. Holy Mother, We ask you to sanctify our hearts, to let us love as only a mother could love, to let our hearts be as big as your heart, that we will love with God's love each soul that renders us on this beautiful planet, that we may open our hearts to your divine nature and that we nurture all souls as you have. Please help us to recognize that we are all one, as you hold us so close under your holy mantle. Let us all remain in your blessed grace throughout our service to humanity into eternity. God bless us all on this day. Amen. I so love that prayer, Susan. It really does define, I guess, the role that our mother plays in the world, our lives in heaven that there is a closeness, there is a a residue that we all love to be near that. So just thank you for opening up with that prayer because to me that's what tonight is all about, tapping into, I call it their source, their wisdom, and hopefully we can apply that to our lives this evening. And I know, Susan, we talked before about this upcoming teleclass and you've picked a couple saints that maybe I'm not familiar with or I've heard about but never in depth. So would you like to start us off with one of those as we tap into that divine source tonight? Yes, yes, Padre. These are some of my favorite saints, and they're not talked about maybe so much, but they were all canonized most recently, some of them most recently, and maybe familiar to some and maybe not familiar to others. But one of them is St. Josephine Bikita. She was actually from Sudan, and she was actually a slave. Now, she was divine in her service, but very simple in her service. Mm. Her message mostly was to be good, to love the Lord, to pray for those who do not know him. Wow. Her mission and her simplicity was basically she, she loved cooking, she loved sewing. Oh. She loved embroidery. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and attending the door. Oh. That's yes. She was a doorkeeper in a school. Really? Yes, because as a young girl, she was captured and sold as a slave mm. to an Italian man. And she became his daughter's second, I would say, second mother because his first wife had passed during the pregnancy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, to capture divinity in time now, she was born in 1869 and passed away in 1947. That is of this time nature. She didn't do a lot of the graces many of the saints did, but because God's heart is so big for his children, she was canonized a saint just because of the simple way she handled herself and handled the children in the school that she worked for. Great quality. Now, yes, because when she was sold to this Italian master, 
there was a scuffle between the master trying to make her his or they ended up in court. They actually ended up in court because he wanted to keep her as a slave and to be the second mother to his daughter. She wanted to stay in the school, which was actually part of a church. That opened up her, yes, it opened up her heart and her eyes to God. There was a way Mm. to serve others and not just this one little girl. Well, you're speaking of her, and and I don't know if you're aware of today as National Teacher's Day. So how appropriate that there's a saint that matches the teachers. Again, there's no coincidence why divine order is in order today, and we're listening about her. Because talk about a beautiful characteristic, because a lot of times my assumption of a saint or a sage they have these special qualities, which we all do, but they're more on, I call the heavenly realm instead of actually the practical. And she sounds very practical in her approach to life she, and exactly, honoring God Padre. in the process. Exactly, Padre. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to show you how simple it can be to become a saint. God sees each and every one of us. He knows us by name. Mm, there isn't anything, yeah. like Mother Teresa would say, you don't have to do something big, but what you do, make sure it is filled with love. Yeah. God can read that in your heart. Yes. Because I she, agree with she, that. Yes, she was good and faithful all the way through. She won the court case, and she got to be, become a nun. Wow. wow. She served all that time in a convent and teaching those children. Isn't that amazing? That's, and, but you know, Susan, also the, as the story unfolds that you're teaching us, it really does show us perseverance. There will be challenges, there will be struggles, but again, her faith in God and trusting that all is going to be well. It's standing up to, I call it our adversary or those who are resisting. So my portion of being a saint is like Ron Roth used to describe, oh, let's just sit on a cloud and eat jelly beans or whatever. It's like, it's, it's far from that. We have to, in a sense, earn that quality, that perfecting of our character, our integrity. And that's what she's showing us in a very simple way. She did, Padre. And she was very humble because she made sure she literally was unnoticed, very simple, very devout, greatly celebrated life, and greatly celebrated those children's lives every day by greeting them in the doorway. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love yeah, that. It, it was simple dignity with holiness. Yeah. And it was very transformative. I mean, if I take a look back, not or forward, let's put it that way, for how Salomon Life is growing. We have many students, I think over 40 students in our program now, and uh, call it the qualifications. Uh, we have a three-year program, and, and it can go many years after that. There's no limitation of how long that process of transformation will take place. But wouldn't that be, like those that you will sharing later, there's qualities within each one of us that if we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that and heal the, those wounds or those struggles and then allow that simple grace to come through, we all are classified as saints. That light that is within us wants to and desires to be let out and also touch others to awaken them. So I love this beautiful example of her. This is beautiful. Oh, yes. And I love that Celebrating Life does have that program. It does allow your heart to expand in God. Mm, yeah. Because. And that's important for souls that are searching to find people that will cherish the program, go through it, honor what has been mm. laid out for you wow. so that you too can walk a path, your own path to God. Yeah, yeah. Because that can wow. outline structure for someone's life to deliver them to their grace. That is so beautiful. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> it's very Maybe I'll do important. it again. <laughs> yeah, because you will find your grace in that. You do. I think that's what I have found in the students coming up through the levels is there is a charism, there is a grace that they discover, and then I call it the, the light 
begins to burn. And it's like, wow, then it's, it's hard to stop it after that. We don't want to, but it really is the burning of the sacred hearts of Mary, Jesus, those of the divine that it's something inside of us that propels us to live life to the fullest as the saints, the sages before have. So beautiful example, beautiful example, Susan. Thank you. You're welcome. But that program also, it nurtures your heart to find mm. your heart in the heart of God. Wow. That is And awesome. that's important. That is important for souls, again, that are searching, and they're not going to find this type of program outside in the world because it's not yeah. structured that way. It's true. Very unique. Yeah. I think the quality you have, Susan, is really relating to the soul because you're about a soul, the lost souls, the, the holy souls that have gone before us. But it's that interconnection of knowing God in a deeper way. And that's really the charism that you and I and our community carry. And I believe it's also a detractor field. And it's in that essence that we still not stand alone. The scripture says we, we're a light on the mountain and we light the whole world up by our presence through us. So I can talk about saints all day long because I think we are one. We're we're discovering there's something deep within us that is calling it forth and that it propels us to want to learn more, pray more, meditate more, just be in the silence to listen to those qualities that are actually beckoning us to come closer. So I actually, actually it's stirring within me tonight already just on this phone call. So. Yes, Padre, because a program that is structured like that actually mentors your heart. Mm, and it yes. brings it to its sacredness. Wow. Because again, you will not find that on the outside. Yeah. And it's a safe place also. And I just as... St. Josephine Zakita. Josephine. Where she found it once the lawsuit went through, she became a nun. She found that place. She found that spiritual community that her heart can dance. And she gets to serve the children, which was her heart's desire, in a spiritual formation. So, Absolutely. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, and another beautiful saint was, and also a great teacher she was, the saint now that I'm going to talk about is Saint Edith, well, Edith Stein or Saint Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, she was born in 1891 and passed in 1942. Wow. Her heart, I mean, she was born German Jewish, lived with her family, loved her family, the mother gave up on God, so the kids gave up on God. She was kind of mm. in and out of learning to be Jewish, and then she had a pursuit in her. She was a philosopher, and she was looking for what empathy was, and that drove her a lot on her journey. But she really wow. became a well-known philosopher, and uh, the mother also noticed that she was also born on Yom Kippur. That was the Day of Atonement. Really? Wow. wow. That made the mother, her mother, realize this is an extraordinary child. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but the mother did fall out of the path of religion and kind of left the kids be on their own. Interesting. So they didn't grow up with anything, but as she was nurturing herself through her own college studies and the, the interest was so much in empathy that she was, and began to get more curious about God's grace. What is that mm. about? It would make her read on. She would read things like the New Testament, St. Ignatius of Loyola's spiritual exercises. She said, you could not possibly read those exercises without doing that. Interesting. She's like, you must partake in that because it's impossible just to read that. You have to, like, do it. And although she was Jewish, she was so drawn to this. But what really made her be totally converted to Christianity is Teresa of Avila, another great teacher. Oh, yes. Her autobiography, Edith read it overnight. Holy moly. Couldn't put it down. Wow. When she was done, she said, this is truth. This is truth. This is what drove her directly into the hearts of God, directly into Christianity, directly serving God the best way she could. But I'll tell you, she had many mentors and many scholars. She was a scholar all around Mm. her. These people, though, wanted to keep her because she was also fascinated with women's movements. 
They wanted to keep her in the public eye speaking to large amounts of women. She was wow. knowledge-based and could run thousands of women, teaching them, talking to them, mentoring to them about things going on in the world, things, philosophy, where it would take them, what would happen with them. She was very, very deep into that, but then realized something else was calling her. Now, so many of these mentors did not want her. She wanted to be a Carmelite nun. That was oh, her goal. Wow. That wow. was her goal. And they stopped her many times in many years. But what happened was, of course, and also I'll tell you this, during World War One, she was yeah. actually a nurse. Multi-talented. Amazing. They sent her to school because she was extremely smart. They made her be a nurse, and she worked in the wards where the typhus was. So she was really amongst people that were not well and in a war zone. Wow. wow. So it gave her a nice background to build herself up, but she was still in search of truth in God. Mm-hmm. And again, because of St. Teresa of Avila, really devoted to the Carmelites, again blocked by those around her until Germany started searching for the Jewish people. Uh, yes. And she knew it. And the place that she was in, they kind of said to her, we're going to have to move you. They took her out of Germany, and they put her into Holland in 1938. Mm. They were like, you have to get out of here because they're going to come get you. So in 1938, they crossed her over that line. In doing so, her sister also, her sister Rosa also was with her, also became a Carmelite. Now, they didn't let her become a Carmelite until they crossed her over into Holland hmm. because they were trying to hide her more now in, oh, the, right. in the church. Yeah. They tried to hide her in the church, and they made her become a Carmelite. In doing that, both her and her sister were well into the church, except Hitler passed another law that anyone of Jewish blood be brought back. They searched high and low for all the Christians that were, con- you know, all the Jews that converted yeah. to Christianity. They searched wow. high and low for them. And, of course, you know, eventually they did find Edith mm. with her sister. They took them yeah. out of the convent, brought them back to Auschwitz, which in that time, within 40 hours of her going back in there, yeah, she was in the gas chamber, but on the way mm. and on the train, all she kept doing was passing notes of love to all the other people, notes of goodness, notes mm. of peace to their heart, so that these other people on the train wouldn't fear what was going to happen. Wow. What a grace. When you know the peace that passes all understanding, and because St. Therese showed her the simple way, in a sense, uh, she recognized she had communion with the Divine Mother, the Divine Father. And it's like, wow. Then to be the grace or the the peace in those stressful times, which meant her death. But yet she walked in there strong and with free will, like give up my life for Christ. So what an extraordinary gift and teacher to us. Like all of us, most of us have either a favorite teacher, spiritual teacher, a saint, a guru, consciousness. I know there's many people who like the Rancha book. It's a different style of spiritual teaching, a little harder, but yet for those, it, it meets the heart and it draws them in. So you never know where that spiritual truth will come from, but again, how we gravitate toward it and then reflect it. I think that's probably one of the most beautiful things in spirituality that you and I and our community have is we find something that resonates and then we go deeper with it. It oh, takes us to that mystery that we're all seeking for but not always can find. That is so true. I mean, she was also drawn to St. John of the Cross, of course, yeah. because he also was the mentor to St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. That is right. He was her spiritual director for many, many years. Wow. And I'll tell you, Edith also, one of her greatest works was called The Science of the Cross. Mm, yes, yes. Now, don't, don't they have a shrine in Isaac, Colorado of her? Or am I mistaken as somebody else? I thought there was a shrine dedicated to her out in Colorado that I think Ron and I visited. So 
Anyway, that's I believe off you're the topic. right. I know <laughs> okay. I, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. But yeah. she also she had a, a belief system in her that you could only gain knowledge of the cross if you thoroughly experience the cross. Mm, well, I can. I I want to say I agree 100 percent because you can't give away love if you don't have it. So the same way with the cross. However you define the cross, how deep do you want to go? The small truth or the big truth? Of yes. It's the divine nature of God calling you in yeah. to maybe many of the crossroads that you're led to on your journey. Yes. Will you choose you, love or will you not? Isn't that what our stance is? I mean, we're reliving her life, so to speak, or her biography. And if we break it down to what is happening into your life today, my life today, and what are those maybe obstacles, that resistance that we feel, and what would propel you and I or any of us who are listening to this call to go beyond that, whatever that is, the resistance. And I'll just own it myself. I only do that by faith, by stepping outside my box and trusting God that he's taken me to a different place. Now, the outcome might not be what I unknown, but I will trust the steps. So the saints that we've already talked about really are defining some basic steps for you and I or anyone who would like to read about them or study them because they're, they're nuggets, they're jewels, they're, they're like a treasure chest hidden, and we have to rediscover them in our own walk. So yes, that's what excites me. What you're speaking of tonight, Susan, is these nuggets that, oh, my God, then we all want to do better. We want to do, go beyond our limitations to really love God beyond measure. So get excited. Thank you, Susan. Well, oh, no, you're very welcome. But I, I find with the church, as even Padre Pio would attest to this, the church has its way of finding God their way. But in order to really find God, you have to step out of the box of the church, open your heart, and actually look with divine eyes at what is in yourself and in the world. Yes. As defining, I call it church, church is actually you and I. We are the body of Christ. We are the body that hosts the presence. And with all these different personalities <laughs> that there are seven billion and a half of on this earth to, to really define who God is to you and I. We have to have these encounters, but I think these divine setups or setbacks really begin to take a toll on each soul. And just like the pearl, it needs sand just to irritate it enough that, you know, to define it as, as a beautiful pearl at the end of our life. So you just never know the, the, the ways in which God will use individuals, circumstances to perfect us to understand his work, her work in our lives. Beautifully said, Susan. And that's, that's all very true, Padre. And, and think of seven and a half billion people, how many of them actually write home to God? How many? Mm-hmm. Wow. If we're the billboard, if we're the spokesman, spokeswoman for that, we still have to check our hearts because <laughs> that Absolutely. might be the only God they see, the only love they experience or the kindness. So I'm, That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Where, where do you search outside of yourself? You have to go inside your soul, into the heart of God that you are to find that God. That is your God. Yeah. You need to find that. Yeah. And I believe we need to find that, uh, what would be the word, not just once, but multiple times to meet the, the demand, the opportunity to heal, to grow beyond our limitations, whatever is facing us in this world today. Oh, absolutely. Wow. And I know there is much facing each one of us as we do our journey, but yeah. God is here. And you have to have faith and trust and know that God is here mm. and he knows each one of us by name wow as we go on to our next saint saint gianna beretta mola if anyone is familiar uh, with her born yes. in 1922 passed away in 1962 wow. she was a pediatrician for her family i find her family and her life to be much as saint Teresa of Lisieux. The reason I say that is because 
Teresa Lasu, both her parents wanted to get higher in the church. Neither one of them had what it took to go further in their studies in the church. So like they and St. Gianna Beretta Mola, her and her husband, both used holy matrimony as their God in the world. Well, that was rare. It was, but I see so much similarity between these families, the grace, the love of God, the love of spirit in the family. Because mm. as St. Therese of Lisieux, I mean, there are four saints in that family now. Interesting. Both the parents, and they were canonized, not because they did anything great, just because they were parents and loved their children of God. Well, we need more of that example. You That's know, right, and that's why St. Francis canonized them. Wow, love that. Because it was the I year of the family. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. it is, it is. And we need those examples continually. And for all the single people out there to honor the families, your own or those who you grew up in or your neighbors too or your coworkers. Because sometimes we have an independent life and we think it should be this way that actually caring for your children, they come first, you know, in a sense of what your responsibility is. And because society today is me, 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 me first, (laughs) where we can all learn from their example of serving, bringing them up in the Christ light, you know, of good, good quality, good character. So I just think that's a beautiful way of acknowledging the gift they are to this world, producing those saints. Absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. And and speaking of children coming first, St. Gianna, she was a pediatrician. Mm. She worked greatly with children, loved them dearly. And when she met her husband, they were both already children of God. Interesting. And they too could not make it higher in the church, so decided to embrace holy matrimony as their heart to God. They would raise their family as a oneness with God. Wow. And she managed to have, yes, also, she was the 10th of 13 children. <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> wow. wow. Their family gatherings were like, wow, you were in a crowd <laughs> at a theater. Yeah. <laughs> big yeah. family. Big, very yeah. big family. They loved family. It was all about family. And mm. she wanted to make her family the best that she could. And God knew that. Because she had three children, and when she got pregnant with the fourth child, and she actually had kids consecutively throughout the times, like one after another after another. And so when she got to the fourth child, they had told her in her second month that she actually had a tumor. So her only goal was to save the child. Of course, the doctors look at it, save the mother, and her God heart was save the child. Well, they managed to get her through the pregnancy. Wow. She gave birth, but she had, they gave her like three choices. You could either have an abortion. You could either, yeah, try, and you don't really say that to a Catholic (laughs) ever. (laughs) Yeah. And they could also try to save the child or they could try and work through with the tumor. A choice was you can try and work through with the tumor. You need to save the child. And there's no other way that she was going to look at that. The child comes first. That was the only thing that mattered to her. So she actually got through the entire pregnancy and she was okay. Amazing. Until the week after. The week after she gave birth, and this last child was actually named after her, who also Mm. became a pediatrician. Wow. But the mother ended up with septic peritonitis a week after birth. They could not save her. Mm. Wow, there's a labor of love. Yeah, it was a simple message of divine love. The child was to live. And as a matter of fact, all four of those children, including the husband, were both at beatification and the canonization. No one has witnessed that in this world ever. Wow. This is the first family unit to actually witness 
their own mother and wife Ooh. become a saint in this day and time. It is possible wow. for all of us. Well, see, there it is again. Is nothing's impossible with God. And the more we have these beautiful miracles that happen, it propels us to look at our lives, how it's structured, how we built it, <laughs> and then maybe how we want to refine it with more of God's light, God's love, in order to just to perfect that which God calls each of us to as a beloved daughter or son. But it's about that wooing that goes on. Suffering, we might talk about that a lot tonight, but there's a quality that draws us into the mystery. And it doesn't mean you have to suffer. But when it's there, we do need to turn our eyes inward and not outward in order to find what this mystery is about. Because we're going to be leaving this body. And ultimately, we're going to be in the celestial heavens. So, and we get to live there also, beyond. So this is just a limited time. So let's make good use of it. And that's true, Padre, because that is your divine nature calling you in. Yeah. Literally, that is yeah. a part of who you are. And as the 2012 shift has come about, the soul will take over the journey. It will mm. lead the way. The ego will, as a matter of fact, a lot of people are experiencing that now in this time and day, about the ego taking a second back seat as the divine yeah. nature of the soul begins to really control the life, control your diet, control your habits, control your lifestyle, it's going to change mm. everything. Yeah. So if you look at the, just the world in general, especially those who have children who the children are struggling through whatever grades they're going through, grade school, high school, college, and they have enough outside influences to numb themselves because of the struggle or the pain that they feel not loved or whatever the, the case might be. But the, I call it the saboteur is there to try to stop their destinies because I think that this generation coming up is, wants to be a tremendous light. They just don't know how yet. But to struggle through the struggle in order to perfect that which God has called them to. So we need to be a light to them. We need to reach out our own resources, our own love, the means that we have in order to help them grow beyond that weakness that they are experiencing. Yes, Padre, because I feel as old souls as we are, we carry the wisdom. Yes, we do. I agree with that. I do. And many listeners also carry that. I think that's why we're drawn to this subject tonight. It really does. There is just not to listen to it, but actually to apply these principles. Because we know a lot of principles. We know a lot of spiritual principles, but it's how we live in our lives through them is really the second step in this cause. For our own sainthood, even though we don't sign up for it, we sign up for God. <laughs> and it's in that journey that life begins to unfold in such a spectacular way. New doors will open. Now, I just want to make mention for if you're, this is the first time you're listening to our program or you never encountered Reverend Susie Chamberlain, please get a hold of her. She does spiritual readings. She's so like these saints we talked about, multidimensional She's very talented. So check out her website. Do phone calls with her. She's, she's an incredible gift to this world. Just thought I'd throw that out because I love you very much, Susan. Thank you, Padre. And I love this community because I think it has nurtured my soul for many, many years. Literally, mm. my heart threaded through the divinity of celebrating life. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a part of our group. It's, it's been a joy all these years and the years to come. And yes, and it's simply my soul. I feel at home here and so honored to be amongst individuals who choose to walk the path and light and love of God. And I think you're one of our shortest members, right? <laughs> I may be. <laughs> but Since a huge February. heart, trust me, a huge yes. soul in that body, for sure, yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Padre, on what you were speaking about before, if you take our divine nature, and actually the divine masculine and the divine feminine, each one of us. The divine masculine in your soul is the part of your soul where it actually takes action. And then the divine feminine and the blessed mother puts you in a field of grace to allow yourself to unfold in your own divinity. Oh, that's beautiful. 
Yes, That's you want beautiful. to find out who you are at soul level. Mm. There is an allowance so, of that now. So isn't that what you just described is really, I don't want to call it the dark night of the soul, but it really does, our crises really begins to understand who we are, what we're made of, what we believe in. It, it challenges all those, but actually it illuminates that. And, and somehow we tend to look back and go, oh, that's what my parents meant, or that's what my teacher meant. Those were seeds planted so many years ago, and now they'll actually, once we break, we surrender, these seeds begin to grow. It's our really true self, which is amazing in itself. And that's very true, Padre, because God is looking for your light. Where is your light? I agree with that. Wow. So we're going to take another look at another another saint, because there are so many to choose from. There are thousands, and I love them all. Each one of them brings something so rich to our table. We have so another saint, saint, well, Saint Maria Goretti, if anyone is familiar uh, with her. Yeah, yeah. Born in 1890, passed away in 1902, barely the age of 12. Wow. She was, the whole family, and as a matter of fact, the whole village was very, very Catholic, very Catholic very informed with the life of God, living in community, and all close. Everybody was close. Her father had passed away, though, when she was nine. And she herself was close to being 12 when one of the farmhands literally took himself, and many other times he tried to attempt many things with Maria, who was actually a beautiful girl with a beautiful heart, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew, but she just was lit up with God. Her face was the light of God at such an early age because they were so religious. They kept the divine perfectly where they were, whether they had money or not. It didn't matter. They knew who God was. Mm. It wasn't about money. It was about the family. It was about God. It was about your heart. So one of the farmhands got out of control one day and literally tried to rape her. But she yelled at him that it was a mortal sin, literally Mm. a mortal sin, and you cannot do this. You cannot do this. Well, because he couldn't take that, he stabbed her 11 times. And then when she tried to get up, he stabbed her three more times, so she couldn't. As he left her there bleeding, other family members heard scuffle. They came running. Of course, in those times, it was hard to save her. There were so many puncture wounds. There was nothing they could really do. She did manage yeah. to live an extra day. But in that time frame, things were running through her mind about what happened, the actions that were taken, and the way her soul saw things. She decided right then and there on her deathbed that she would forgive Alessandro, who was the one who stabbed her like 15 times, Amazing. all because she would not give herself to him. Now, in this stabbing, literally woke up everything, made him, being on her deathbed, and the forgiveness of him, when he was actually in the jail cell, there was a crucifix across from him that actually lit up. Mm. When she crossed, he could see the light. This drove him in prison and after prison to pursue a life filled with God. Filled with God. Wow. Well, he ended up becoming a lay order of the friars minor in in the Capuchins, and he lived in a monastery for the rest of his life. Mm. You know, it's turning something bad into something good. Again, the scripture says, give up your life so when someone else can live. I mean, just as her, she knew Christ, she knew Mary, she knew the saints very close and intimate way. And then even though something terrible had happened of the stabbing, she forgave, which is amazing in itself. But what it did was bring about the next miracle. It was his transformation. It's like how God will use circumstances in order to perfect that which he loves. And he loves all of us. That's the remarkable thing. But sometimes we still haven't discovered that on our journey. Yeah, it's very true. That's why communities... Saints, sages, enlightened beings, awakened beings, all those. When you see that light in others, you recognize you don't have that, whatever that is. And then the journey begins and we start to 
crave or admire, why does that person always smile or why they kind of seem lit up? Because they're carriers of this beautiful light. Absolutely. And that's why Yeshua came to this earth to bridge heaven here on earth. And our work is still needs to be done. We need oh, to absolutely. call forth the forces to join us in that. But it's the inner transformation, then the outer full manifestation. And I did happen to experience a miracle with Maria Goretti, which is why I brought her up, because she has their, they have a body, and a lot of her pieces are inside of this body. Okay. She has only left Italy once, literally wow. once. And, you know, she came actually to Staten Island, New York, Really? In one of our churches named St. Rita, uh, I actually got to stay almost an entire day in the presence of St. Maria Goretti. How beautiful is that? I was That's honored beautiful. to be there. Wow. Wow. So she made a visit to the United States. Isn't that amazing? You yeah, know, she only, like the, only left once. The, like Padre Pio's relics body parts or, or sacred items that, and I know I think it's touring now or will be touring this fall the United States, and it's like just taking advantage of being in that, I call it holy presence, because that energy is still there, and same energy within us, but it reflects the divine light that we're all called to become, and it changes worlds, it changes lives. And Very true. I would hope that each of us would be that relic, so to speak, of our past spiritual leaders or our parents, those who have shown us this great light, or our children. It could be multiple avenues of how we turn towards this divine light that is transforming us today. It's not only that, there's such a desire in the soul that it never stops searching. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. That's a daily thing for me and I'm sure many of us in our walk. And what I also believe, too, is knowing a lot of our students, there's something happening within the students, their hearts, and it's marinating, it's changing them, it's, it's growing them, it's becoming them. And then we get to become or begot other persons of light. It's just we keep passing it on, and maybe someday they'll write a book about you, Susan. So it really, you never know the, the plan of God here. But you step one step at a time, step it into this grace, and which means we need to keep surrendering and do the work what God has called us to do, regardless exactly. of good or bad, so to speak. It, it's true. And what happens in the program is there's an, an energy and an ecstasy of love that drives mm. the student directly through the program. Yeah. It's God. It's God in the details of everything that's part of it everything that's part of you, everything that's part of the beautiful world that we live in. Well, you know, right now in our program, our students, is we're studying Mother Teresa's book, No Greater Love. And you talk about a mystical walk. And the majority of our students and those who are listening in, it, it, it's pulling us in a direction that I had not seen in a program before. It's like we're all rushing to the front because we want to be in the first seat in order for the teacher to show up and teach us more. There's a thirst there. And it's like, wow, if you've never picked up that book, No Greater Love by Mother Teresa, do so. Because it's part of her life, but it's, it's her essence. It really does come alive. And that, to me, like any human being or any book or any scripture, it says it's a living word. So beware of how we speak, how we teach one another, how we love one another, how we forgive one another. It has all these beautiful qualities. And I just love Mother Teresa right now for, for the year that we're studying her. She becomes one of our templates. We call upon her as a great intercessor for our own community. And for those who join in on these calls or at our retreats or east of heavens, west of heavens, it's there for the taking. We have these gatherings, and every time we meet, I call it this presence surrounds us. And then we fall in love with God more and more. And that's uh, to me, one of my heart's desires. Absolutely, Padre. Absolutely. And Mother Teresa was a big deal, and I'm happy that she was canonized in all of our lifetimes so that we can again see how divine nature, the God in you, gets brought forth from inside out. For she had a calling, inside of a calling, and many times she felt abandoned by God. 
Many yeah. times she thought, no one is here. No one is here. But her soul knew the whole time that God never left her side. Yeah. An incredible journey of strength, love, endurance, patience, and trust. Mm, wow. Well, it's about that trust. We trust that there's going to be our next breath <laughs> was going to breathe new life into us again as an exhale, and the same, the, the same rhythm will happen, that there will be air there to breathe tonight, tomorrow, the next day, next year. Our homes, our families, we really, there's a lot of people, including ourselves, who need prayer. We can talk about what the saints did, but in prayer is where the miracles happen. It's in relationship by listening, but also then pondering these sacred truths so they can transform us in a moment. We were just at our spring retreat in California, and so we had how many multiple lines going for prayer. And just bring to one case of a mother brought two of her children, and I think one of them or two might have special needs, but they were never been prayed for like a celebrating life, laying on of hands. <laughs> or if you've known us, a lot of them fall to the ground, which we call resting in the spirit. And the mother was a little concerned how their children would react to that. And there's no problem. We'll take care of it. We'll care for them, and which we did. And, and she blessed them. She blessed, I think she, I don't know if she blessed the mother first. I think she blessed the mother first. And the mother went down, to her surprise. And then the, the child, the one boy, he went down. And I think the young girl did too. And when they came up off the floor, the little boy, which was just extraordinary, said this beautiful thing. She says, Mommy, I don't think I can ever be angry at you anymore. And I went, oh, my God. A simple transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, who says that? I mean, there's the mystery unfolding. And because of that blessing, he went to school on Monday and to a special school and the teacher stopped the mother at the end of the day and said, can I talk to you about your son? Yes. And she goes, well, we, we're a firm believer. And when they do their writings, that type of thing, their handwriting tells us what's happening on the inside. And she says, I want to show you something. So she showed like Friday's paper and Monday's paper. And it was like, oh, my God. It was completely, it was amazing. One Friday's was big. Monday's was small and so scripted, so beautiful. And it's like something, she goes, what happened? She goes, well, I was to this spiritual place and they did healing. She goes, keep going there. She saw the transformation. And it's like, that is so right. Just like tonight when we pray, that expectancy, that change that will happen because you heard the miracles, you heard the mysteries unfolding as Susan told these stories. Your story is going to change. Your health is going to change. Your finances are going to change. Your relationships are going to change with God and with others. So let's enter into that place of the Holy of Holies. And Susan, would you begin prayer and then I will end it? Absolutely, Padre. Holy Father, Divine Father, we ask you for your highest light, your greatest love, your holiest peace, and your most rapturous joy to fill our sacred heart that we may lead holy lives directly in and with truth. We ask you, Holy Father, to direct us to our divine path, that we rid our human hearts of all its impurities, and that we make room for all of humanity, and that we love the way you love, and that we remove our conditioned personality and allow heaven to be our only reality. For heaven is truly on earth, especially now in this new ascension of the Holy Birth. We ask you, Holy Father, to help us lay down our old ways so that we may let your holy divine love rays fill our hearts. Help us, Holy Father, to realize every holy brother and sister is forever holy in your eyes and our eyes. Amen. Amen. Where two or more gathered in thy name, there I am in the midst. My brother, my sister, my children, my neighbors, my parents, my grandparents, my co-workers, this holy essence, the very air that you breathe, breathes you, sees you, understands you. And just as one of the saints said, Susan talked about tonight, 
that was handing out notes is be encouraged. God loves you. You're a good person. Let's hold on to these sacred truths. Let this sacred truth set you free tonight of any physical, emotional, or spiritual condition that God, God, God loves you. The famous prayer by Yogananda, God, God, God. When we sleep, when we have a slumber, when we awake in the morning, we think, God, God, God. And God's holy angels now begin to do their ministry work, healing the body, any cancer, disease, dismiss, dissolve, diabetes, dismiss, dissolve, eye problems, dismiss, dissolve, herniated disc, go down, in the wonderful name of Yeshua. Any growths on the body, any tumors, dissolve in the name of Yeshua. Holy light, holy love, the esophagus, be healed, the kidneys, be healed, the pancreas, come alive. I thank you, O Lord our God, any back problems, any pain in the body, just lay your hand on your body as a point of contact. God, 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 O consuming fire, come. Yeshua, Jehovah, Rapha, Maria, Mother Mary, come. Padre Pio, Padre Ranroth, come. Cloud of witnesses, come. Entities of the Casa, come. This is a holy moment. It's in the stillness. It's that holy breath that breathes you, that heals you, that restores you. We just bless all these encounters tonight. And for those that will listen to this tape later, there is no time nor space in God. So we humble ourselves, we bend a knee, and we honor the divine tonight. So may the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May his face, may it face towards you and grant you peace, shalom, in all areas of your life. And Susan and I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Susan, for being on the call tonight. What a joy. What a wealth of wisdom that came forth tonight. God bless you. I, I thank you, Padre, and I thank all of Celebrating Life community, all the students, all the members, all the friars, all the monks, mm. and all the ordained, and all the people that choose to celebrate life with us. I thank each one of you as a whole, holy family unit. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.